johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. It is the 5th of July, post-4th of July. We are here in the doldrums of summer, Sports Insider Radio, with Big Mike. Mike, how was your first married 4th of July? I mean, it was. uh, I'd say it's the same. Nothing changed. Um, The only thing that has changed is she's on more of my bills, so... Now that we're officially united, um, you know, nothing changed. We've been living together for a while regardless. So um, it's been peaceful. It's summertime. We get to do a lot of outdoor activities. Yes, we're in the zone with baseball. and We're still grinding. And as we all know, baseball is a grind. We got off to a really, really hot start. Um, and over the last couple weeks, it has not been great. But like I tell everybody, there's always – peaks and valleys when you're trading sports and, and no uh you know investment if you're day trading is always going to have a linear line so for those that listen to us we talk about the good and the bad last week was one of the worst weeks we've had and we lost a total of eight net units so you know well let's the no, 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 come on give give me a little let's 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 get let's get surgical so how did our consensus favorite channel do last week? Well, it's not the content. That's between all the the accounts that we managed that I actually was able to take a consensus of that. Um, let me tell you right now. Yeah, but so I want to know about week. those underdogs because I know I had a winning week. Small, but yeah, I had a winning I know. week. But, but it, so it lost 8.3 units um, on, the on the consensus of the favorites. Um, underdogs last week was a winner. Underdogs last week, we won one unit, so that's 7.3 units. And then, obviously, we also have our overs channel where we just do overs, and that uh, was dead even. So I'm actually wrong. We lost 7.4. I was off by 0.6 units. So think about and that. And the underdogs, so, Seven you know. units total, and that's the worst week we had. And you would think... Some, the unfortunate part of this business, John, is the clients that joined a week ago only see red. 
they don't care. They don't have any empathy. They don't understand when I talk to them for 30 to 45 minute consultation about bankroll money management. None of that plays a role when they're just bashing me and they're telling me, I can't believe I signed up. And I'm like, well, I told you this. There's variance when you're trading sports. It just happened to be last week. Can I predict the future that I'm going to lose? No. Can't fade myself. If I knew that, I would be a very, very wealthy man if I knew exactly when to fade myself. Uh, it's, It's just part of the game. And am I frazzled or upset that I'm losing games and, you know, we're having dog value in extra innings, um, lost maybe six or seven games last week in extra innings. That happens, man. That's part of the game. You just never know. That's why we're dealing with humans, and it's not just one human in a tennis match or a golfer that stinks it up in the final round when he's ahead. It's You're dealing with a whole team. There's a lot of variance that goes into it, and as long as you're constantly – Getting your money in good, um, like Dave says, um, that's all that matters. And long term, we always seem to have really good seasons. But of course, you know, you've told me this since I've, you know, met you. You know, twenty percent of the weeks throughout a year, you're going to have losing weeks. That's, I mean, what about the other eighty percent? So. I can't focus and microanalyze individual days, let alone weeks, because you just never know. I mean, we could be having this conversation next week, and we completely turned it around, and we had a fantastic couple days and a lot of big dogs hit, and then then we're talking about a different tune the following week. So I don't want to stress too much about games or days, or I don't want to talk about losses. I don't want to talk about wins. Well, 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 but what I will say... What I will say is this, and let, let, I mean, let's be—you can, if you can, run the whole report for me on the um, on the consensus since the inception. You know, I'm gonna, you know, me and you, you know, it, it makes for good radio fodder for me and you, for me to, for us to sometimes have a little bit of a debate. Well, they're up since since the beginning. I've I've already know the numbers. We're at twenty, um, so plus twenty net games. Um, everything from the beginning of the favorites is up uh, with underdogs. No, I'm just talking about, I'm just talking about the favorites by itself. Just the, the, the yeah, dime plus 20 net win. units on the season. Do what's the record, the win loss record. Um, hold on one second. I'll pull that right up. What I was saying, what I was saying is why you pull that up is that I personally, you know, is much, was much more negative on this consensus thing because I just, I feel that it's almost proving what I've been selling for three decades, which is it's basically futile to bet favorites. Even if you win, you're always going to win way less than if you win, than if you just concentrate on underdogs. And I'm not saying it doesn't add to your portfolio, but in the end of the day, if you, if you separate them the way they should be separated and you run the report on the dogs for the entire season versus the favorites for the entire season since we started this process. If given the choice of playing favorites, only favorites or only dogs, it's not even close. You just only play dogs. Like it just proves to me how hard it is to win. I got the numbers from Cal this morning while you're running the numbers. 
I'll give you the numbers Cal sent me. Um, it, it's it's literally petrifying. He sent them to me this morning. First of all, for all the people that donated at biketothebeach.org so far for my bike race on July 28th for autism, I appreciate it. For those listening to this live or in the future, head on over to biketothebeach.org. I can plug it. It's my show. Just click donate and then put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C, Pathy, P-A-T-H-I. Leave my middle name, John, out of the name because I did not include my middle name on the form. Now, when you look at this, I mean, last week, if you played every favorite, Mike, you were 49 and 48 and you lost $26,000. If you played every dog last week, you were 48 and 49, you won $14,000. Here's the crazier part. Where do the dogs stand? Where do the favorites stand for the season? And we know that nobody's going to bet every favorite, but it is good to remind you of why it's so hard to win betting favorites in baseball. 740 and 546 since the beginning of the season. 740 and 546 since the beginning of the season. We've had a total of 1,286 completed baseball games. Favorites are winning 57.54% of the time. If you've been betting to win $1,000 on each individual favorite, you have so far have risked $2,051,300 for a net loss of $99,450. So for all those people out there that tell me favorites, favorites, you're up 194 net winners down 99,450. Now, do I agree that there's a place for favorites? Do I agree that the consensus, I want you to give me the exact win-loss record of the entire favorites since we started tracking it from the group before we launched it live. They make money. They're up 20 units. That's great. But again, can you give me the breakdown? What's the actual win? Because I, I left my laptop uh, at the house, so I, I'm blind right 182. now. 182. 182 and what? And five. No, no. What's the total win-loss record? 182 and five. 100 wins, 82 losses, five pushes. Oh, I'm sorry. 100 and 82 and five. So the favorites are 100 wins, 82 losses, and what's the and what's the average pick odds? Average pick odds are minus 112. Okay, so here's how I do it. So we can do this since we have time on the radio. I love this math. So what I do is I take 100 wins and I say, okay, my average pick odds are minus 112. I say, okay, 100 games times $1,000 was $100,000. Perfect. So I've won $100,000. I take the 82, since it's the average pick of the average odds, I take 82 and I multiply it by 112. So I take $1,000 multiplied by 112 is $112,000. So this is what I'm saying is that 
it's so hard to win money. It's showing you how much you're up. How many units? Um, right now we are up. Let me pull it back up. So you're up a total of nine net games. Exactly. So my point is, is that because of the juice, the average pick odds, and all I'm saying is, and I'm not debating it with you, is we're up 18 games, but we're up half in terms of ROI, right? And so what I'm saying is, is that if you flip, if you take that, it's great, it's positive, you're making money. I'm not going to deny taking the extra nine units, the 9% on my bankroll. But what I'm saying is, can you kind of agree with me where... It's fine. It's it's a bonus to the underdogs, but it's definitely never going to be more profitable than the underdogs. Yeah, I mean, I think both of them, you have a valid argument. It's, yeah, look at it overall numbers statistically. I think the numbers are skewed, and you can't really make that argument to say it's it's just as transparent as saying we're going to take only underdogs the rest of the season. And that's the only way to make money because at the end of the day, this still has a very similar financial return than the underdogs. It's just, it's a different statistical um, calculation of how we, we get these games. There's a lot of sharps that are betting um, favorites and they're, they're basically getting the best number. That's why the average pick odd is minus 112. It's not an average pick odd at minus 150. So it's not like they're sitting there taking these huge astronomical 200, 250 cent favorites, which, yeah, if you constantly did that, even though you have a good win-loss record, your ROI is still garbage because you're losing so much on the loss versus here, you know, most of it is between 110 to 120. There's a couple, you know, 150s, 160s at most, but you don't really see any um, two cent favorites being played. So, you know, it has, I understand what you're saying and I'm not disagreeing with you. I think there's just a different philosophy here where they're not, the average pick is minus 112. That's almost basically like a football game. I mean, 10 cents is an average for a football game. So you're getting 112. Obviously these sharps are not constantly taking these astronomical favorites. So both of them have their advantages. Um, I do think um, from previous years, for whatever reason, I think the pitch clock, um, you know, I've been talking to a couple guys in my circles, and baseball has been harder this year than years past. Now, we're still producing. We still have a winning record. We're still making money, but nothing like our man Troy from a few years ago, man. That was a wallop. I mean, that guy couldn't miss the entire summer. And look, things change. We have to adapt. I think I'm going to do a much deeper dive, you know, around February, March of next year to get ready for baseball. I had a couple guys that were, you know, offering me different options of how they're scaling their systems because that's the advantage of, of being in the seat that we're in is we have a lot of people that are pitching us on their data because even though they're really good at producing results, they're not really good at getting clients to know about them. And that's our superpower is we have the advantage and the 
the media outlets to be able to get this information out to guys that need it. And those groups like to not speak to clients. They don't have time to speak to clients. They're 24-7 operating these different models and, and getting money down. And, you know, we have a good friend of ours, Micah, that his entire day is filled with getting out wagers to get money down. So those guys don't have the time in the day to speak to clients, to manage clients, to, you know, to uh, coddle clients, to to be able to respond to their texts at weird hours. You know, all that stuff is strenuous for a guy that's trying to run a model and get money down. But for us, that's our expertise. That's is, This is where we are able to mitigate those bad, fat finger mistakes that the clients seem to do quite often, where, you know, I had a client over the weekend that um, goes, oh, yeah, you know, we were down in the week, so I pressed Saturday. I'm like, well, who, who told you to do that? Well, no, I just figured you wouldn't keep, you know, I had a losing Friday, so it wouldn't happen. So I'm like, well, you can't ever look at it like that. This is, that is why casinos are in business, because you walk in there, you're playing $25 a hand in blackjack for entertainment. Next thing you know, you're down 1000 Next thing you know, you're now you're betting 250 a hand because you can make it back quicker and, and you dig yourself a bigger hole. And if you don't and you win, then you think that's possible to do it every time, and eventually you come back and you're going to lose. So unless you have real discipline, no matter what the information we do seasonally, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many clients, John, that, I talk to, they do a trial, and I communicate every week. I posted updated history, try to be really intertwined with people and, and help them along the way. And I talk to them at the end of the trial, and they're like, oh, yeah, you had a, you had a losing weekend at the gate, and I stopped playing your picks. It's like, why even bother going through the hoops of getting involved with us if you're not going to actually utilize the information, it's like they're just burning money. Not only did they didn't win on their account and they blow their account out betting their own games after the weekend, but two, they paid for a service that they didn't actually utilize correctly. So it's, I still don't get it. I don't have the answers. I don't know why people act the way they do, but the ones that stay concurrent, um, and the ones that are always asking the questions and always wanting to understand um, the reasoning behind what we do and how we do it are the ones that keep resubscribing season after season, year after year, and they have they don't get they don't even send me texts when we have lost. They get it. That's part of the game. Nobody expects to win every day, and they just they roll. So, um, you know, it, it's funny. You know, I'm laughing. <laughs> I got it. I got a I got a text this morning from a new client. He joined on he joined on um July first, right? Mm. He was very nice. He was very professional. He says, Could you please explain to me why I paid you July first? Lo- one loss. July second. Uh no, July first, one and one. July second, two and two. July 3rd, 1 and 2. July 4th, 2 losses. Out of 11 games, 4 wins, 7 losses. Why did I pay you? 
I said, you purchased a system. No system doesn't have losses. Please talk to me on August 1st. And then I just sent him the link to the radio station to listen to me talk about it live. So, you know, it's like you're on the phone with a client prior to the purchase. You explain to the client that he's buying 30 days. You explain to him and you show him the records. You explain to him your 182 playing favorites. What's our actual win-loss record on the dogs? Do you have that there? Uh, one software second. Software is so slow. I know. And then, and then you go through all that, and then the client says, I'm in. I'm in. And then, you know, I laugh, not laughing ever at a client that's upset. I laugh because, make no mistake about it, the paid clients that are listening to this radio show that are long-term veterans know that part of our sales pitch, if you will, is to explain that if you're looking for the get rich quick, if you're looking for the easy money, if you're looking for the lock of the year and the game of the month and the game that can't lose. I mean, hell, you go to my website, there's a picture of me, Mike, from an ad with Larry Duke, my former employee and partner who's passed away from when I'm 25 years old. It's like even back then it was like just call for the information. We never were in the game of the year, lock of the month, lock of the month, game of the year. And then you go and you explain that. And then you have somebody send you a message and say, why would I pay you? And we're talking about a 14-game sample size. Um, and it just makes you so laugh. I got, the, I got the record for you. Go ahead. Whenever you're ready. One ahead, I'm ready. And one, 116 and 156. So 42%. Uh, plus 15 net games. Average pick right. odds is plus 153. So the, so we're up 18 games on the favorites, and we're up nine units, and we're up 40 down 40 games on the dogs, and we're up 15 units. Right. And I do believe that I do, I've done a very good job at educating a lot of these baseball betters that have had losing years because most people – like on one of those videos that I put out the other day, I think I gave out a lean to Pittsburgh yesterday on one of the other channels because I'm on my channel, plus we're on other channels. And, um, you know, like I said, anybody that lays these $200 prices is just I, – I think that most new bettors, especially in the legaliz- legalization of sports wagering, new bettors really learn a hard lesson in baseball because they just think it's about taking the Dodgers – and taking Atlanta and taking Minnesota and taking any team in the top with a great winning record. And then they get smacked around with these huge prices. And a lot of people go, wow, I never really thought of that. I really, I never really knew the dogs won 40% of the time. Like I've been saying this for 25, 30 years, dogs win 40% of the time and favorites, if at best win 60% of the time, favorites are winning 57% for the season. So when in doubt last week, if you would have played every dog and you were 48 and 49 and you would have made 14 units versus losing, you know, however many units you would have lost that Cal gave me the exact number. um, I'll bring it back up here is, is crazy. It's like when in doubt, play the dogs. You know, uh, what was it last week? Oh, yeah. So 49 and 48, if you bet every favorite last week and you, and you lost 26 units. And so, like I said, you know, a lot of people, 
are highly obsessed with also the concept of what is the most profitable sport. I get two main questions when I'm actually consulting somebody on the phone. How many games did you average per day, which we're going to get to in a second, and what's the easiest sport? Now, I will tell you, Mike, last week I talked to at least 10 guys with extremely large bankrolls, legal offshore bankrolls, bragging to me about their limits, and they can bet five grand, 10 grand a game. So you and I both know what that means. They're net negative because any real winner, winner in a legal sports book can't bet that kind of money. Um, but these are wealthy people that have FU money and can just fund their accounts with, you know, 100, 200, 300,000. And they all said to me, they love that, that, that I'm transparent. They love that I can give them seasonal numbers instead of the last 10 game numbers. But I'm too conservative for their style of betting. And my take was, no, they're just greedy or it's just an adult video game. They're not really playing to make money. I mean, I try to put myself in the seat of the client, the potential client, Mike. If I call a, a number to a sports information service and they can furnish me with the entire seasonal record up to date, the minutia of how many games were played, and show them the long-term results, show them the streaks, Show them how many games were won. Show them how many games were lost. And then their answer is, you've just shown me a record of 459 baseball games, which is 182 and 5 and 116 and 156. 459, not how'd you do this week, not how'd you do yesterday. And then the answer is, thanks, but you're too conservative. I have a guy that basically ran my account from 2000 up to 50 because he was doing a Martingale strategy. How are you going to ever help that guy? It's beyond help. Beyond help. You can't help that guy. Do I, do I feel like it's a wasted conversation? Uh, no, because I believe when they have enough pain and they realize that everything that I said comes to fruition, it won't be maybe this week or next week, but in a month, in two months, in three months, maybe even in a year, I'll get that inevitable call back. Hey, man, I've been watching your YouTube videos. I've been listening to your radio shows. You're the only, you guys shoot straight. You, you don't proclaim that this is easy, golden grail type crap. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready. To, I've, I've, I've licked my wounds enough. So, again, I guess I'm getting more patient and understanding that some people just can be given all the information and it's still not good enough because you're not telling them what they want to hear. And what they want to hear is get rich quick, even if they're already rich. And you tell, I mean, I see you, maybe I'm wrong, but you, you take those same calls, right? Of course. And, you know, baseball is, I mean, look, we're at all-star break next week. We talk about this every year. We've had a profitable first half of the season. Not as pretty um, as I wanted to go into All-Star break. I mean, it's it's always nice to have a couple days break where you're coming off a heater. Um, <laughs> and it just feels good. doesn't have anything relevant of the numbers that we post. Um, just feels good that you're, that you're dialed in. But, you know, that's more for the client than it is for me. I know the reality long term. It doesn't really matter. 
I'm very satisfied with the return so far. We had a really good start to the season, and we're going to keep improving. I mean, that's that's the cool thing about what we do is nothing is set in stone. We constantly have weekly meetings with these groups to always figure out what's lacking, how they're seeing, how they're closing on these games, um, how the actual system for the overs is doing. I mean, got to be honest with you, out of the last five years that I've done the overs model, this is the year. I mean, it's right now it's producing at plus two net units on the year. That's not good. It's not sold individually. Um, everybody that subscribed to our baseball program got all of it included. Um, but still, I mean, from previous years, that was my most profitable model. So, again, I keep tweaking it, and it's basically operating at break-even so far for the first half of the season. I, okay, I, wait a minute. I gotta, no, I gotta, I gotta get, I'm going to blow your mind, not interrupt so we had these rule changes. Let's go over this. This is going to blow your mind. So we've had this. <laughs> we've had these rule changes. Let's talk about these rule changes in baseball because we keep saying it's a weird year. It's a weird year. So for the people that are newbies that are listening that aren't baseball betters, you know, it's just became legal in their state. They've never bet on it before. What are the main fundamental changes? We got the pitch clock. What else? Pitch clock. Okay. I mean, and then we got the larger bases. The larger bases, and then we have... Um, and then we got the outfield rule where you can't split the outfield. What is that rule where you can't, can't um, shift? Correct. Shift, right. So, at one point in the season, the overs... Uh, the overs... Uh, Carl, Cal says he shows... Uh, well, at one point in the season, ready? The totals started off... Overs were over 20 games, meaning there was a 20-game margin. Mm-hmm. Overs to unders, right? Mm-hmm. Currently right now, the record of overs and unders on the closing number. You ready? Drum roll. Mm-hmm. 616 games have gone over. 616 games have gone under. Talk about sharp line makers, Mike. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Six, sixteen, and six, sixteen. What do you got to say to that? Well, it's uh, you know, again, it's the the overall numbers don't really um, make much relevance to what I track and well it's relevant and, to the fact get... that the line makers were caught off sides in the beginning of the season they adjusted because they're sharper than any sharp sharp they're the ones that make the numbers at one point they had a 20 game edge on the overs games were just exploding over and what they did is they modified their algorithms they brought the totals up higher and it brought everything down to parity where the line make where the sports books can basically get even action on both sides because we know that 616 and 616 is your normal NFL season, is your normal NBA season. Everybody already knows. It's no secret. 50% of the dogs went to the number. 50% of the favorites dogs cover. 50% of the favorites cover in any spread bet sport, NBA, NFL, especially always 100%, 50-50 at the end of the season to the actual Number, not even one game over, not even one game under. It's always this 
616-616, which is why it's so hard to beat for the average Joe out there. So it just goes to show you, like I said, you come out of the gate, they're all sides, pitching clock, can't split, wider bases, games are flying over, and all they do is they move up the price. And we, by moving up the total number, every team's probably every total's probably a, a point higher than it, than it would have been in the beginning of the season, like an over eight was probably an over seven. You see what I'm saying? No, it's uh, they always do that. Um, that's why at the end of the year you're seeing the data. I, again, it's it's not something that I could give you uh, an, a good answer until a couple weeks from now because during All-Star break, I, I don't actually take off. What I do is I I do a lot of tweaking to the models to make sure either they're still going to perform good in the second half or tweak it in this case with the overs and, and run some some actual beta testing on it because that's what's important is constantly not expecting everything to stay the same. I always anticipate things to change and you have to basically align with, with the change. So, you know, again, we're, we're in the middle of the summer. We're still grinding every day for our clients. The groups produce, I mean, the, the, the bot groups that have, captivated a lot of accounts over the last 12 months. I know those things produce literally like clockwork long-term. Now, is there certain weeks that are losses? Sure. So even from the favorite side, I'm not too worried just because last week was a downer. I mean, still losing 8% of your bankroll on a week, which is less than 10%, which is usually our... um, our offset of a drop down that's a top loss that we usually accrue is 10% max of an account in a week. We're under that at seven with all inclusive between all our models. So am I worried? Not a bit. I'm, I'm more worried about my Ravens and them staying healthy long well, enough to well, win the Super Bowl. Well, before you get that's into the Ravens, about. I want to talk about heading into the All Star break. So let, let's get, let's get, let's, let's break down and give out some free futures. So, which team? So I'm I'm logged into a legal sports book right now while I'm talking to you, um, and I'm not going to say which one, but the odds are pretty much the same. The odds to win the World Series: Atlanta's plus three seventy five, Tampa Bay is plus four fifty. Um, I'll tell you what uh, my eighteen year old son has as the winner of the World Series in a moment, but um, so therefore there would really be not much value. Dodgers plus five fifty. Houston plus 800. So those are what we call the final four horsemen in terms of low odds, very low odds. 375, 450, 550, 800. My son basically says no one can beat Tampa Bay. They're going to win the World Series. All the other stuff is nonsense. I don't know if I agree with that. What I will say is when you start getting into the higher price, the next tier, um, when you're looking for lottery tickets, because we know that fortunes have been made Mike has made a small fortune betting baseball futures. Um, and again, you have an opportunity. If you didn't, if you didn't bet the futures preseason, you can bet these now going into the all-star break. Are there any dark horse lottery tickets? I personally, I know you're going to laugh. You know, I just can't see a reason why you would, wouldn't take Baltimore for a hundred bucks to make 2,500. I'm not talking about huge money here. I'm talking about low. I'm not saying what I'm saying is, they're, in, they're like right there with Tampa Bay. 
Tampa Bay is the favorite and Baltimore is getting like no respect that they're second in the AL East right under them. And to me, it's crazy that you can go from plus 450 to plus 2,500 in one spot, one deviation. So beside that, are there any teams that you, you know, crazy prices, you know, Mets are plus 4,500, Seattle's plus 5,000, Cleveland who beat, who snapped uh, Atlanta's nine game winning streak. Very hard to get that 10th game um, plus 5,000. Um, Cincinnati, you ready? My son says they are a sleeper. Cincinnati plus 7,500. So I'm going to just roll with you on that. Like, are there any teams that uh, you think uh, have a chance in the AL league, just to get into the AL, I mean, Baltimore's plus 1,100 just to win the AL East. So, while Tampa Bay's plus 210. So, let's throw some lottery tickets out there. You know, I'm just, I personally like Cincinnati. And I, I like Cincinnati. Baltimore. 7,500 bucks, 100 bucks on Cincinnati. Why not? Right? Yeah. Is there any other crazy? I mean, I'm not going to even look at the stupid stuff like Detroit or the White Sox or the Cubs. That's useless nonsense. But I mean, when you look at the actual teams that are performing, What's, I don't uh, think what, Minnesota. What are the Diamondbacks? What are the Diamondbacks at right now? Good answer. Good question. Um, yeah, see, they're 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 exact. They're tied with the Orioles. So the two twenty five hundred dollars slots are Baltimore and Arizona. You there? You there? You on air, Mike? You calling? Huh? All right, I'm back. Hey there, buddy. Uh, we had a little difficulty lightning in the desert. So let me ask you. So uh, Arizona and Baltimore, 2,500, they hold that spot together. What about Those are the Miami? only two teams plus 2,500. What do we got with Miami? All right, hold on. Miami, Miami. Miami's plus six, plus 6,000. Six for all you Spanish speakers. Love Miami. That's really right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you really you're not all before we get into the Ravens, you're not really uh you, you basically you don't give uh you don't put a miracle horseshoe under Baltimore's butt. Oh I love Baltimore. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just saying from a long shot standpoint. Baltimore's got a great shot. I just think there's a much harder route for 
the Orioles to get through the AL than the Marlins because the Marlins only have competition really whether it's going to be the Braves is it they're the leader in their actual National League East they're the best team they're the team to beat the Reds are good but they're young I don't know how they'll produce in the postseason the Brewers are good but you've seen them lose time and time again they're only six games above 500 but then Diamondbacks again Diamondbacks are leading the division over the Dodgers. The Dodgers are not what they were a couple years in a row now where they were just so dominant. I mean, they're they're only, I think, nine games above 500. So Diamondbacks have no experience in the playoffs. Obviously, the Diamondbacks, I mean, sorry, the Dodgers can sneak in. But, look, the, the Giants are right behind the, the Dodgers. If the Dodgers, you know, get on a little losing streak in the second half of the season, they could actually be out of the wild card race. Um, and cause it's so close right now. So I, again, plus 6,000, the Marlins, they're a really good team. They have the third best record, um, in the NL. They have the fifth best record overall in the league. And to get that type of value, again, starting pitching is what matters in October. I love that. That is something that could just propel you to get those close games and where everything is on the line which doesn't really happen right now because of the the long, drawn-out season. So, again, take the money. I love the Marlins futures bet. All right, now we can transition from from Miami back to Baltimore. Uh, and uh, I'm going to pull up these. Uh, you keep, you, you uh, tell me what you wanted to say while I get to the NFL page. Go ahead. Well, I mean, just the the season's upon us. We're about a month away, literally a month away from the Hall of Fame game. Not that we put any emphasis into the preseason, which there's no – it's just the only games that we give out in the preseason, it's like and we know we say it every year, Ravens, doesn't matter the spread, you bet them in the preseason. I mean, exactly. It, they're only, it, what are they, like 30 and 0 or something edge. against the spread? Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. So – for whatever reason, I don't know the answer. I am not Houdini, but for whatever reason, they play exceptionally well. I don't know if it's the coaching, but they just win in the preseason. Well, you're going to always bet them every huge game. price. You're going to have to lay. Uh, let me see here. Uh, NFL. Oh no, I was looking at week one. Never mind. Week one, they're minus nine and a half against. The yeah, I mean, Texas. it's all going to be three, uh, three and a half, four in the preseason. But, right, right, right. Um, look, it's. Uh, what I love about July is training camps open. You start seeing these factors that could be a big role for the first month of the season. I always do believe in September is where you could find a really good value on certain teams that you're monitoring in the summer because there's impact players that instantly become huge parts of the offense or defense for these teams that were not there last year, whether they're guys that were traded, whether they were free agents, or the rookies that make an impact right away. And if you could isolate and find those guys early on, usually the odds makers don't adjust until October, and you can find a lot of good dog value um, to win outright early in the season because you see it every year. You see teams that come out of nowhere. I mean, look at Jacksonville last year. Nobody expected them to 
go in the playoffs. Look at the year before. They one or two wins. So a team that is now had a really good year and surprised a lot of people. Obviously, they always had the talent, but new coach, new formula, rookie second-year quarterback provided a very good return for Jacksonville betters last year. So there's all those scenarios again this year. New coaches, new schemes, a lot of new quarterbacks that got shuffled around. I mean, you're talking about how are the Jets going to do with Aaron Rodgers at the helm in a on a team that really was the missing piece was a quarterback. They had a really good defense, a lot of young players on offense, a lot of talent across the board, offense and defense. Throw Aaron Rodgers in that division with Buffalo, who's, I would even say, regressing from what we expected out of them last year. The Patriots can't depend on them. And then you have Miami, who surprised you early on in the season, but those injuries to Tua just definitely hurt, and they weren't able to finish strong down the stretch. So how are the Jets going to do? Then you're talking about you go into... Well, well let me say uh, one thing to you. The Jets are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Top eight teams in terms of odds. The Jets course, are number yeah. seven. I wouldn't expect it. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. Wait, wait, then, wait, wait. But who's number eight right below the Jets? Ravens. Ravens, exactly. So it's Jets plus two thousand, and it's the Ravens plus twenty two hundred. The Jets, are number I love seven, that. I Baltimore's mean, number eight. You, you give, and again, I'm biased, and I say that. Wait, let me talk about before you pick up that thought. We're not. We're forty five minutes. Meh, the way I drive, we're forty five minutes from Philadelphia. Uh, the top two teams to win the Super Bowl this year are Kansas City plus 600 and the Eagles plus 700. And then you have the Bills plus 900 and then the Bengals plus 1,000. So the top four are Kansas City, Philly, Buffalo, Cincinnati. And then you got to skip down and you get into uh, Jets, Ravens, Jags. Awesome. Love that for us. Love that for us. Jets, Jets Ravens, awesome. Jags. Thank you. You hear me, Mike? Yeah, sorry. I don't know what that was. Okay. Go ahead. Did you hear something? I don't know what that was. Phone? Yeah, yeah. I think that was I think that was Mark in the background <laughs> at the station. Oh, got it. But yeah, I mean, I, the odds are good. Um with the Ravens getting plus 2200, if they can stay healthy regardless of being a biased opinion here. They have all the weapons that Lamar's ever wanted. Lamar's got his contract. You could tell last year the guy wasn't playing to get hurt. He still got hurt, and he never came back. And we all know it's because he didn't have a contract. He could have definitely come back for the playoffs. Guys literally play on a half a leg if they have a chance to play in the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. So definitely contract-related. Now, no excuses. He's got the offense that he wanted. He's got the weapons that he wanted. He's got the offensive line that he wanted. And he's got a defense that is amazing. So all that says is can we stay healthy long enough like it was that year when we went 13-3, and new offensive coordinator, no excuses this year. Love plus 2,200, but it's a gauntlet in the AFC. You have to go through Mahomes. You have to go through Josh Allen. You have to go through Aaron Rodgers. You have to go through Joe Burrow. I mean, just to win the division, you have to go through Joe Burrow, who every year is ascending. So 
it's uh that's why I love football so much. It's we talk about it all week. We get a lot of our value in midweek for the for people that are listening. Year after year, this never changes. We're always beating the number, getting the early line, getting the good CLV Tuesday, Wednesday for the weekend. Most of our wagers are made. The only thing we worried about on Saturday and Sunday is if we get even more value because the public is moving the line. So we're betting again with positive value and positive expected value each and every day. And then, John, your specialty is second half betting. Your specialty is the 80-20 model that you've now been running for a couple years where you find those huge underdogs. Hey, listen, it's it's not like I was 121 and 161 plus 196.66 units, but go ahead. I'm no, it's ridiculous. I mean, you're finding those plus uh-huh. 20 college football underdogs. You're betting 80% of the spread, 20% of the money line, and it was a pretty decent, I think 50% that you hit the money line, which is extraordinary. You know, that's People don't understand how. And there's only it is there's no other way to be up 196 units and be down 40 games, unless you're hitting those money lines. And that's why I was saying is, you know, you look at certain sharp sites like uh, Right Angle, and uh, you know a lot of these other sharp uh, groups. You know, they 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 give the whole load the game. You got a ticker clock, and you know you do all that. And I'm not look. I'm not. I don't know these people. I'm not denying. You know. the the efficacy of that system, especially if you have no other life and that's you're retired and you or you're young and you don't have any responsibilities, and you want to sit there. But the amount of effort and the amount of cost that goes into doing that right angle sports type of of betting, you make 15 units for the season. You can go to their website; it's all documented. So you make 15 units for the season. You're paying fifty dollars a game. You basically have to bet ten thousand on every five thousand to ten thousand on every game to basically overcome the fees and make it worthwhile. And that's why I'm saying, in terms of the mass marketed product, what we offer is so much more uh, attainable to somebody that's working for a living, has other commitments, can't sit in front of the screens, burn their eyes out for 10 hours a day like Dave does. I mean, it's just not the way I want to spend my Saturday, if that makes any sense to you. No. And uh, I don't want to chase uh, steam. I don't want to chase right. steam. I don't. I mean, again, can you make money chasing steam? Yes. But the question is time versus money. Then it becomes a scenario of if you're not betting enough per unit, and you're not betting ten thousand a game on a one million dollar bankroll, which is one percent, and you can't withstand those swings like Dave has, where Dave can literally lose or win, you know, eighty thousand dollars to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a Saturday. Who cares when you're working with a million, ten, even a ten million dollar bankroll? Who cares? Uh, because the biggest issue that most people don't understand, and certain people are listening do understand, with legal accounts, the hardest thing to do is not win. The hardest thing to do is get down and not get limited. It is concept it is, uh... of walking to the window and mm-hmm. betting a million dollars on the game because you watched it on some documentary. Yes, on the Super Bowl, they will take the wager. They're not taking that on Southwest Missouri State. <laughs> right. But what they will do is bet the favorite like Alabama minus 44 and lose, 
and keep chasing that throughout the entire season. I mean, there's so many people that have an opinion in football that really don't understand that this is not about having an opinion. It's about finding value, especially in football where there's a spread on the line versus baseball, which most sharps, they don't bet baseball in a way that they do with football because you're getting that early value, that overnight pricing. Same thing with college basketball. I mean, look, early bettors right now, I'm looking at this while I'm talking to you. You and I both know what early bettors do. Early bettors right now bet Baltimore minus 9.5, Tennessee plus 3.5, Pittsburgh, uh, excuse me, San Fran minus 2.5, Cincinnati minus 2.5, Minnesota minus 6.5, Colts plus 3.5, Commanders minus six, and Chargers minus two and a half. Every game is on a, under a half a point on a key number. What are they going to do? They're going to turn around. They're going to pre-bet all those games right now at small, low limits. They're going to take every game that moves and crosses the threshold from two and a half to three and a half, from six to seven and a half, and they're just going to bet the other side for the middle. Like, that's the arbitrage trading style of betting that requires no handicapping, no analysis. But the problem is, if I love right now the Washington Commanders minus six on September 10th against the Arizona Cardinals, because I want to beat the number, who cares if I love them if I can only bet $300? Right. Can't get, can't get down any real money. These guys are not going to come in and pound that game for a million dollars on September 10th on on July 5th, knowing that the line's going to explode. So they wait and they try to spread their money around. And while everybody's talking about preseason, these guys are already keying in on these possible middling opportunities. And uh, again, like I said, this is the business of betting versus the fanfare of betting. Um, Obviously, golf, tennis, the whole nine yards, we have access to everything for guys that uh, can handle the heat, so to speak. And uh, like I said, do I think that the Ravens uh, should be below the Jets? I mean, I think that's giving the Ravens a lot of pump. That they're basically putting them right. They're putting Lamar right there with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and uh, they for the right reasons. I mean, with him healthy, anything is possible. Um, and they're saying that Aaron Rodgers is you know, in the tail end of his career, and he doesn't have much steam left. And, you know, he had a regression in his numbers for the first time in many years. I mean, he won the MVP a couple years ago, and all of a sudden he regressed. I don't think so. I think it's the scheme in Green Bay. They didn't have enough talent on the outside ever since he lost Devontae Adams. That was it. So we'll save it for another day. Football will be here soon. We'll see you guys next week. SportsInsiderRadio.com.